The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. It is episode 40. Can you believe we've made it this far? 40 episodes, and I've enjoyed each and every one. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you, and gosh, unfortunately, you're just stuck with me this week. Uh, No co-host. Dave is taking a... uh, well-deserved excursion. God, he he travels to the coolest places. I am so very jealous of him. Uh, he's been to Yosemite. Uh, he goes to Macau. And now he's in Montreal uh, attending uh, some sort of Grand Prix there. I'm not a big race enthusiast, so I don't know what he's up to. But uh, I've seen from his Twitter that he's uh, watching some cars go very, very fast. And um, he's got a pretty cool running commentary of just cool crap in Montreal. If you want to check that out, you can follow him on Twitter at MetalDave85. But you're stuck with me this week, and I think when I do these solo shows, what you're in for is, you know, maybe a little more on the informative music business side, a little less on the silly stuff side, and if you like the silly stuff, we'll we'll try to do some silly stuff, but, you know, Dave's the funnier one. I tend to be more of the music industry nerd, so you're going to get more in music industry nerddom this week just by virtue of the fact that uh, the chair across from me is empty, but it's going to be fun. And so let's get right into it. Uh, if you want to reach us by email, you can email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. We are eventually transitioning from a non-Gmail email where we're growing up, um, and we're pretty excited for that. Um, why would you want to email us? Perfectly legitimate question. Uh, you could say hi, but w- really what it's about is creating an interactive experience for you, the listener. This show is all about helping artists move their career forward. We're here for you, the DIY indie artist. And so we can be more valuable to you in the information we provide if you email us questions. If there's something about your career that you want us to opine on or discuss, or maybe there's an issue in the music industry that's rolling around in your head and you want to hear us talk about it, that seems like a pretty good reason to email us. Tell us about the issue and maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Um, if you So that's show questions, show topics. If you want to criticize us, critique us, uh, let us know what we're doing well, let us know what we're doing poorly, uh, all of that's a great thing to do on that email. Furthermore, you can also reach out by following me on Twitter. I'm at Ryan K-A-I-R. I already gave you Dave's email, uh, Twitter, I should say. That's Metal Dave 85 but I'm at Ryan K-A-I-R. I'd love to get a follow from you on Twitter. I love to talk to the listeners and things like that. Twitter's fun. Um, you can also reach out to us on Facebook. Just search Break the Business. We'll pop right up on Facebook. So if you're more on that platform, hey, we are willing to meet whatever your social media needs are. And now comes the time on the podcast where I give you all the different ways you can help support us. And we're all for your support. And the best way to support us is uh, just to rate, review, and subscribe to us on our various platforms. So you go to iTunes, you go to SoundCloud, you uh, subscribe to us, you give us a good rating, all those things help. And did I say that was the best way to help us? It is a good way, but I want to rephrase. The best, best, best way. And it might not seem intuitive because it doesn't seem like it would have a big effect, but it's true. The best way to help our podcast, and we'd very much appreciate it, 
It's just to tell a friend. If there's some musician in your life who you think we can help out, let them know about our podcast. Or if you just think there's somebody out there who wants a show that's a little more humorous and doesn't take itself too seriously but still is informative, let that person know about our podcast. And, you know, they tell two friends and they tell two friends and we sort of like a podcast, you know, Ponzi scheme kind of thing where we get to the top that way. And I'll say this. I am really appreciative, as is Dave, of how much that's already happened. You guys, I don't know what's been happening the last few weeks, but you guys must be doing a lot of promoting lately because the numbers on this podcast have actually been pretty well the last few weeks. You know, we've been doing this for about six or eight months, something like that, six, seven, eight months, maybe nine months. Uh, we're getting up to a year. Goodness gracious, I can't believe it. Um, but in the last few weeks in particular, I don't know what it is, uh, maybe just something's happened, but the numbers have been good, and I'm hoping that continues, and I'm so appreciative. I never anticipated that this would be the kind of show that people would get excited about, but I'm glad that they are, and I mean, I just sort of do it because, you know, it's just me being uh, an indie artist lawyer wanting to help artists, and, you know, I you know, if I, if I, if I do pro bono work for an artist, I'm only helping one artist at a time, but if I can reach more artists on a platform, I can help more people at once. And so that's why I got into this. I didn't think that, you know, that many people would actually listen, but they are, and that's awesome. And I'm happy. Um, so that's been great. I'm so thankful. And I'm, and I know Dave is too, but, uh, you know, he would be thanking you, but you can't hear him over the sound of the large engines that are driving by uh, him in Montreal. Cause he's at some grand Prix race. Um, I should also let you know about my book. Uh, the book's been out for a few months now, and it's been cool to watch you know, people give nice reviews about it on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. It's called Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. I'd love for you to get a copy. Um, we talk about a lot of the stuff that we talk about the show is sort of discussed in this book, but in much more detail. Uh, I put a lot of work into it, and I'm happy when people read it and say nice things about it. It's, it makes me smile. Um, if you like it in print, there is a paperback version. If you're more like me and you'd love to just kind of read stuff on ebook or digital, I'm all about that format. I got you covered too. It's an ebook as well. So we're, we're, wherever you are, we got your bases covered. Coming up in the next segment, we have an in studio guest, Miami based indie artist Keith Johns. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes. And I love having the in studio guests. We don't do it very often. For those of you who've been listening to our podcast for a while now, you know that most of our guests come in over Skype or come in over the phone just because we're based here in South Florida. And there's a nice music scene here in South Florida. But if you're going to have a podcast in which you invite artists on, you know those artists are going to be based out of places like. New York or Los Angeles or Nashville or, you know, some of those big music centers. But Miami's got a great scene, too. And, you know, we got a local guy here who's tremendous. You're going to love his story. He has a lot of great tips. Um, it's been great for me to get to know this guy. And so I'm happy to have him coming into the studio in the next segment. Keith Johns. Let me give you a little backstory on this guy just to kind of wet your beak, get you excited for the next segment. Um, he, in his former life... Before he went into music, he was a physicist, an honest-to-God physicist, uh, you know, actually worked on particle accelerators. I mean, like, Big Bang Theory kind of physicist. Like, you know, he'd be hanging out in, you know, with with uh, Sheldon and, God, why can't I remember all the names of the Big Bang Theory? Whatever. Point is, he's a physicist. And 
you know, had a nice steady job, loved what he did, but he knew it wasn't his real calling. And eventually he got drawn into being a musician. That was something that always was his calling. And he's going to sort of talk to us about his journey. And for many of you out there who are considering uh, expanding your career in music, maybe you sort of have one foot in music, but one foot in your old job. I think you're going to enjoy hearing his story about how he was able to fully transition from his day job of physicist to his current uh, musical empire that he's building. Um, And he's also going to talk to us about how to achieve success as an artist if you're in a secondary market. Many of you artists listening right now, you might not be in one of these big music centers like New York, Los Angeles, Nashville. You might be in one of these secondary markets like Miami, and you might be wondering how you're going to build your career in one of these secondary markets. And it's possible, especially now in the modern music industry where Uh, The internet is so prevalent and social media is so prevalent and the world is smaller and flatter than it's ever been. And you can now do some great things, even if you're not in one of these big music markets. And Keith Johns is going to talk a little bit about how he's done that and how you can do that. Um, So stick around for that. But first, before we bring in Keith and hear about his awesome story and get some of his great advice and listen to some of his cool music, wanted to discuss a little music news. On this show, we frequently like to discuss music news stories and the effect they have on indie artists. I don't, you know, we're not just a news show. I don't just bring in news stories that are about the industry generally. The stories I like to grab are the ones that I ha- that have an angle on them that particularly affect you, the DIY artist, or you, the friend of the DIY artist, you know, or the DIY artist sympathizer. I I, I like to find the stories that really appeal to that group and. Um, an article came out that this week that is very much in that theme. Before we get to that article, let me give you a little background um, to sort of give some context for this article. On previous episodes of the podcast, we've talked a lot about the changing role that music content might be playing in the new music industry and how that change in the role will affect DIY musicians. This is actually something we first brought up a few weeks back when we had Derek Webb on the show, the CEO of Noise Trade. And ever since we've had him on the show, This theme that I'm about to discuss has been discussed multiple times on this podcast. So Noise Trade, for those of you who don't know, is a platform where um, it's a music distribution platform where you put your music on this platform and you essentially give it away to fans for free. You give free downloads of of your music and in exchange for giving your music away for free, anybody who downloads their your your song or your album gives you data about them, you know, their address, their zip code. And doing that helps you build data and you know, build your mailing list and build where your fans are. And that can help you make decisions about where to tour, where your fans are, what your fans are like. And that data is worth a lot. That data is worth its weight in gold. And if you use that data the right way, you can help cultivate your super fans and really build your career. And a lot of artists have had a lot of success using this platform. Uh, um, I know this is actually a platform that Keith Johns uses, and so when we bring him in here, maybe we can get him to talk a little bit about that. Um, It's helped them cultivate fan engagement and lead to significant returns down the road. And as I was talking to Derek about this platform, uh, I couldn't help but ask him, Derek, if we're now at the point where a platform like yours can actually be a good idea for artists, I mean, which is pretty shocking in itself, because 10 years ago, if I told you that the way to music success was giving it away for free, you would have thought I was crazy. But now it's a perfectly acceptable means of moving your career forward as an artist because it promotes fan engagement. Um, 
But anyway, if, if we're at that point where a platform like Noise Train can be a good idea for artists, does that mean that the role of music content as a whole is trading, changing for artists uh, in the sense that are we reaching a point in the music industry where an artist's recorded music is becoming less of a product to sell, less of a product in and of itself, and more of a marketing tool to drive fans to other products that the artist is selling, such as the artist's live shows, merchandise, or maybe to convince other forms of media to use your songs in things like movies, TV shows, and, and video games. Essentially, is music the product, or is music a loss leader that drives fans to other products and that helps you expand your fan base and uh, create other revenue streams for you? And and look, I should preface all of this by saying that at this time, there are still certainly plenty of money to be made out there by selling your recordings to consumers directly. Uh, you know, selling music downloads, selling vinyl, that's not going anywhere tomorrow. And many of you out there listening are still making lots of money that way. But the question warrants asking when you look at platforms like Noise Trade that are successful by giving, you know, by, then that an artist can build their careers by giving their content away, at least initially, you have to wonder how much longer are we going to be in this world where recorded music is actually a product and not basically an advertisement for artists. And that brings me to the article that I wanted to discuss in this segment. I know we sort of took a roundabout way to get there, but we're here now. We made it. And the article's from Digital Music News. The writer Paul Rensikoff, he's writing about rumors that Apple may be eliminating its music download store from iTunes within two to three years. Let that sink in iTunes, the largest music download store in the world. Basically, the, you know, I mean, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm just going to go ahead and assume that it's probably 90% of music downloads are going through iTunes or maybe 80%, whatever it is, it's a lot. And, you know, granted, iTunes is denying this. Uh, iTunes is saying, no, we're not getting rid of our download store within two or three years. But the article talks about there being a lot of credible sources out there that are saying otherwise, that this is going to happen. And you know, here's the thing about the music business. As Apple goes, so goes the industry. So if the iTunes store disappears, that would likely mean that music downloads are basically done being a viable revenue stream for artists. That's it, kaput. And what would be taking its place is streaming. And if that happens, if, we, if, we, if, if iTunes shuts down and we continue this transition of you know music being consumed primarily through streaming and not through downloading that would go a long way in changing the music industry for indie artists because your recorded content would cease to become a product and more become a marketing tool uh, to promote fan engagement and drive consumers to other parts of your brand like live shows merchandise sync opportunities now why is that you might very well, and you know, it's not intuitive. You know, there's nothing necessarily inherent about streaming emerging as a platform that basically says that you know, music is no longer a commodity, or recorded music is no longer a commodity in itself. And you might very well argue, hey, man, I can still make money off of music directly if streaming becomes the new normal. But now, instead of my revenue coming from downloads, it'll just come from streaming, and that may very well be. But here's the thing: for DIY artists, I am skeptical to say the least that streaming revenue will fill the gap. That if you lose download revenue because download beco- downloading stops becoming a significant way for music to be consumed, I don't know if streaming revenue is going to fill the gap for indie artists. Why? Well, there are a couple of reasons. 
The first is that streaming tends to favor the major labels. Uh, there's been a lot of stories recently that have been published that have indicated that major labels tend to be get sort of special treatment in the streaming world. You hear about, for example, the major labels all owning chunks of Spotify. You know, they're shareholders in this organization. And when you're a shareholder, it kind of makes you wonder whether the shareholder is going to get treated better than the regular indie artists who don't own a piece of the streaming service. But aside from that, uh, there's also stories that have been published that have indicated that record labels have been streaming skimming streaming revenue off the top by using these sort of sweetheart contracts with streaming services. So this sort of environment where labels tend to have a more privileged position in the streaming world means that there might be less money left for indie artists like you. And even for label artists, because the money tends to find its way to the label before it ever trickles down to the label artist. So don't think that just because, you know, you're an indie artist doesn't mean that you'd be better off as a label artist in the streaming world, because I'm not really convinced of that either. Second thing, here's the second reason why I don't think that streaming is going to fill the gap for indie artists um, if there's a if if download ceases to become a significant revenue stream. Here's the bigger issue. It's basically it's just the reality of streaming economics. Streaming is all about microtransactions. It's all about getting paid fractions of a cent per stream. Every time your song is streamed on Apple Music, on Spotify, on Pandora, you get not a penny, but a piece of a penny. And that sort of environment works great if you're in music's 1%. If you're Beyonce, you like streaming because you're dealing in big quantities. You're getting millions of streams every month. And so... You know, that little, those little fractions of a penny, you know, add up over, you know, over the millions. And so you can make a lot of money if you're in that music's 1%. But DIY, DIY artists, by and large, are not. And so that model doesn't help you unless you're really, really, really at the top of the industry. But now, con- now uh, conversely, let's talk about music downloads. If, you, if, an, if an indie artist sells a download for their song, let's say for $1.29 on iTunes, they're getting about a dollar in their pocket after iTunes gets their cut. So if you sell a handful of downloads, like a few hundred downloads, there's some real money there. You're getting you know hundreds of dollars in your pockets. But now let's make that streaming. And that same artist, let's have them streaming a few hundred times, uh, having a few hundred streams of their song instead of a few hundred downloads. You know, at a fraction of a penny per stream, that artist is going to be lucky to get a few bucks when all is said and done. So when you're not in that top 1% of the music industry, the streaming world, the economics don't really favor you. And so if streaming becomes the new normal in the music industry, I am skeptical for DIY artists that music is going to still become a product in itself for you, but instead is music's just going to have to play another role. Your recorded content is going to have to play another role for you. It's going to have to be a mechanism that drives fans to other forms of content for you, like your live shows or your merchandise or sync opportunities. And so at this point, you might want me to prove it. You know, if I am saying that this is a significant change that's happening in the industry, you're probably going to want more proof from me than just rumors that Apple might be shutting down its iTunes store in two to three years. Where is the actual evidence of a decline in downloads and an increase in streaming? And that evidence does exist. And the statistics are already indicating that this shift from downloads to streaming is happening. According to Statista, 
um, which tracks uh, global music sales, or in this case, we'll look at the U.S. music sales. Music downloads are already down 9% from 2014 to 2015. During that same period, music streaming is up 29%. And 2015 was the first year ever, ever, that music streaming revenue was higher than music download revenue. So in 2015, that was the first year that streaming became the way people consume music. Um, In 2014... Music downloaded revenue exceeded streaming revenue by roughly 700 million, but in 2015, streaming beat downloading by 100 million. And in fact, there's been some early news about 2016 that that gap is going to get wider, and you're going to see even more streaming relative to downloading. So, what does this mean for you as an indie artist? That it might, in fact, be time for you to reevaluate the role your content plays in your music operation. And this isn't something you necessarily have to do tomorrow, but it's something that you're going to want to get ready for. Because if iTunes is shutting down its store in the next two or three years, that means music downloads are pretty much done as a significant revenue stream. And so if a rise in streaming means that the role your music content is going to play is going to change, that music content is no longer a product that you sell but a loss leader, a marketing tool that drives fans to other forms of content or products that you have, such as your live shows and your merchandising. Um, The name of the game is that you have to do everything you can as a DIY artist to make your music as widely available as possible, to make you as visible as possible. If music is no longer a product but is a marketing tool, you need to spread that marketing far and wide and get your music in front of as many people's ears as possible. Because the name of the game is to create fan engagement now with that music. Build your super fans and get comfortable with the notion that the days of you putting a price on your music recordings may very well be numbered. The industry is changing, but it's changing in an exciting way. And it can lead to a lot of new opportunities for you as a DIY artist. It's a, it's a cool time to be in the industry, and I think there's a lot you can do with this changing environment as long as you're ready for it. Um, as long as you're proactive and not reactive to the changes that are affecting the music business. All right, we got Keith Johns coming up in the next segment. I'm super stoked to talk to him. He's coming into the studio. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. He is a Miami-based indie folk artist who has been featured in the Huffington Post and the New Times. Audio Socket calls his music beautifully layered with patient, thought-provoking songwriting. His upcoming album, Grateful Fool, is due out later this year, and you can check out his EP, Maps and Plans, by visiting noisetrade.com slash Keith Johns. Ladies and gentlemen, Keith Johns is here in the studio on the Break the Business Podcast. Hey, Keith, how's it going? Pretty great. Thanks for uh, having me on here. Oh, it is great to have you on, Keith, because not only is your music terrific, but you have one of the more interesting backstories (laughs) of any artist we've had on the show. In addition to being a musician, 
you are also a physicist, a legit physicist (laughs) who has worked on particle accelerators. Uh, Tell us how you transitioned from that into a music career. Oh, man, it's a a weird story. Um, So, yeah, the the two, I would say, uh, you know, physics, uh, kind of math, too, and music have always been probably the big two or three in my life. And, uh, you know, it's all I was trying to decide between two of them all throughout college. And I decided on physics in college, thinking that music would just be a nice hobby. Which might have, you know, might not have been a terrible idea, but uh, but then after I just kind of, it's one of these crazy things where I, you know, I spent two years in the in the laboratory working with the particle accelerators and stuff, and it was it was great, but it was kind of a like a throughput lab, so it was kind of monotonous at times, um, and it was starting to really get to me, and uh, music was kind of an escape, you know, I would I would be writing lyrics in my head while doing a somewhat, <clears throat> you know, monotonous job involving you know, any kind of samples. Oh, yeah. There's like only so many times you can slam protons together, <laughs> nearly cause the end of the universe before oh, yeah. you're just like boring. Yeah. Only a few times, you know, <laughs> most of the time I was able to go back from the end of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it was definitely really interesting. And, but, uh, but then I just met, you know, met the right people kind of, it's, this is a recurring theme, I think throughout my experience so far where it's almost like, uh, and this is going to sound uh, lazy on my part, but it's almost like it's less that I've found, you know, I've, busted my way through and found the right people but more just like it just happened the, the correct things happened in the right order in order to enable me to become a musician so like i just through mutual friends i met these two guys sean and adam who i'm sure we can talk about more but together they make a audio castle studios and at the time they were um they're a fledgling studio just starting up and I, you know they needed a musician to kind of record and i was a musician i had i didn't even think about recording but you know we just had a you know had a, a few drinks one night and i played them some songs and then they're like let's, let's just make a little well, EP, like whatever, let's do something. So we did, and so you know, I spent nights recording that and uh, days at the lab, and uh, it was really tiring. But you know, we finished it, and then we were gonna, you know, we were gonna release the the EP. And I talked, you know, I decided I just talked to a bunch of people. I wasn't quite happy at the lab anymore. Uh, talked to like friends and family, and they're like, you know, you just go for it, you just wow. see what happens. And that was two years ago, and uh, I'm still going for it and seeing what's going to happen but it's, at least i'm still you know paying the bills and stuff so i'm pretty pretty damn happy well yeah i mean that's that's no small achievement yeah. in that field either but i mean your family had your back they're like go for it i i have you know unending like gratitude and and respect for my parents where my mom she's she's probably gonna smile if she ever listens to this but she's like she's always you know they're always cheerleaders but like she was always telling me like you know i'm here pursuing this you know could be like a lucrative physics career path um and she's like i just know that you want to do music you know i just i just know it and Mm -hmm. you should do it and and usually there's too many musicians in the world that are trying to do that but they have parents that are telling like you know you should do the smart choice and kind of quotations and do the you know the more lucrative path but instead my parents always supported my music and i really don't think i would have had a chance if they didn't you know if they didn't always support me like that and tell me that that's what i should be doing what? That's super fortunate. That's really cool. Yeah, I can, I can thank them forever. <laughs> <laughs> so based on your experience from going from a job like that, you know, going from the particle accelerator lab to being a musician, what advice would you give another person if somebody mm-hmm. were to come up to you and say to you, I got this regular job right now, it's steady, but it's boring, and I'm thinking of getting away from it and diving into music as a career, what would, what would you tell them? What advice would you give them? Okay. Um, I guess, you know, you should you should be both idealistic and, and somewhat practical at the same time. But mm-hmm. uh, really, the theme that was running in my head was, it's one of those things where uh, 
it'll always linger there if you don't go for it. Um, you know, even if I succeeded at what I was doing, I would always, some part of me would always be like, well, yeah, I think it feels, it will feel better to try and fail at being a musician and then go, you know, do something else than to, to just have succeeded somewhere else. And I always think in my head, like, what if I tried, you know? And so, um, I just, you know, but then the practical part was, okay, you made that decision. Or if you want to try to make a leap, talk to a bunch of people, talk to a bunch of friends, make sure that, you know, you're not crazy. I don't know if, I don't know how you can do that, but you know, that's uh, to me, it was just like, I, I, I know I get in my own head too much. So I didn't want to talk to other people and, and talk it through with them and see if it was viable, but, um, you know, save up some money and then just make a plan and then just go for it, you know? And, and I, I don't know. I mean, especially if, if you're, you know, you're young in your twenties, like you can, you can spend a few years at like, you know, adrift and just kind of doing something and, and see what you can get going. And if not, then for me, like, you know, for instance, I don't have to, I can, I don't have to be young and somewhat it, with the times and, you know, I don't know, maybe like good to look at or something, <laughs> not that I'm saying I am, but like, uh, to be a physicist, you know? And so if music doesn't work out, then I don't have, you know, I can just kind of go back and, you know, be a gray haired physicist instead of a gray haired musician and see how that goes. But anyway, yeah. that, that was all kind of convoluted, but, uh. <laughs> No, I think we got it. Uh, and so, and I know people are probably curious now about just, you know, your music, if they haven't had a chance to hear you, can you tell folks a bit about your sound? Sure. Yeah. I guess, uh, we would, we would say it's indie folk just to keep it us from doing the usual, like, well, it's not categorizable. Yeah, man. You, yeah. you can't really pin me yeah, down, I mean, man. It's hard, but yeah, no, it's basically indie folk. Cause I, we say indie folk because, which is also hard to even, you know, that's probably gonna mean much to people, but like, I think when I tell people folk music, they picture banjos you know long beard yeah mandolin on the porch and on the you know <laughs> the mountains um which you know it, it it's kind of like it draws from that but it's more of like i would say like i'm a little more modern you know uh i'm not a i'm not a, a door door like what's it called a uh, stoop door or porch oh, yeah you know i'm not Plain. a bancho plucking porch sitting <laughs> swinging guy i was born and raised in miami so i it, it would be kind of a little bit um, false but anyway so it's kind of just you know kind of i call it modern indie folk it's has acoustic uh you know song and singer songwriting as its base but then we i have some great musicians you know that i i work with and they add different elements and it's kind of you know it's kind of a we're actually still i would say we're still trying to like, we're still finding our real sound but mm -hmm. we've really got a lot closer in this latest album but um it's it's just like the amalgamation and you know the com combination of all our different influences and, and even though it has like my name on it I can't take credit for every single note that happens, you know, but I kind of give these landscapes or canvases to the whole band. You know, I have the song structure and the lyrics are mine and stuff. But then what happens after that is a, a group process. So it's just kind of a anyway, acoustic based, but with, you know, electric guitar and, and drums and stuff like that on top of it. And no, it, it is certainly a cool sound. And it's and it's cool to hear a musician say that and be willing to admit that you're still kind of finding your sound. And yeah. it's gonna and it's gonna evolve over time. I think yeah, it's maybe some you know, artistry there. The sound will always be a little bit in front of us. We're trying to find it, but it really is trying to catch up to it, or you know, and evolve with it. I don't know. My favorite bands are the ones that don't just find a sound and then keep trying to do the same, hit the same, you know, goldmine twice. They keep evolving, and I think I'm hoping that I can be true to myself and evolve. You know, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> I, I dig that. As you mentioned before, you are based out of right here in Miami, which is nice because we get to have you here in the studio. Yeah. And you've managed to have some nice success in this city. And I'm going to admit, I'm a little surprised because <laughs> I've too. lived in this city my entire life. Miami is a cool city. 
Um, and I love it. But it's certainly not the first market that people think of when they think of cities that cultivate indie artists, uh, particularly indie artists in your genre. Yeah. Um, but since I know that there are other artists listening who, like you, might be from cities that are not you know, common music cities like New York, Los Angeles, Nashville, do you have any tips for those kind of artists and how they can move their careers forward when they're in a smaller market? Yeah, to be honest with you, um, so at first, looking at being a, you know, an indie folk musician in Miami seemed very daunting and maybe a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the more, you know, I've, I've been at it for two years and the more I think about it, honestly, the, the more weirdly, the more happy I am that I'm here. Um, I, I, I don't think I would be able to, you know, stay above water in New York or Nashville or LA. I think that there's so much, you know, there's so much, there's a, there's a bigger scene there, but there's so much more competition. I'm sure that you know, artists play for less, just trying to get those their feet in the door. Um, and yet Miami's here like this. I, I picture it like this uh, shallow, like, reef, like this shoal that just kind of like, it's not like the big ocean of these crazy music scenes, but it's this weird place where you can kind of hone your craft and, you know, and find people. But anyway, there's enough people in Miami that want to see that kind of scene that mm -hmm. you can, if you, I've managed, I don't know how, again, you know, but I've managed to meet <laughs> A few or you know many great people that that want to push um it in that direction uh so i think that in any city especially if, if you have you know when a city gets big enough there's all kinds of things you can find there's pockets of everything um and miami is definitely like that and so um i found you know some there are venues or there are restaurants or whatever that that want that that want folk music you know with it or something and there are people that want to see it and um i guess I think that it's kind of a start, a starting of a little movement in Miami. Um, and I'd rather be there at the forefront of some kind of movement rather than in a very well-established scene. I think it's actually been better for us in the long run. And, you know, rather than just being like a little fish in a giant ocean, or whatever, yeah. I kind of, I'm <laughs> a bit of a novelty in Miami, but at least it makes people stop and look, you know? It's, so I, I think actually I'm kind of thankful, honestly. I think Miami is a weird, like a weird place, but it's, it's good. It's good for us. Yeah, it sounds like you, you almost have to take advantage of the benefits that the smaller town offers. Exactly. That you know, it's not as competitive. That you can fill a niche in, yeah. in the city that where you can you can give people an experience that other art uh, other artists can't give them in that venue. Right. And as you noted, you have sort of a golden opportunity to be a part of a growing movement and scene. Yeah. In that city, and I'll say a little more on the on the Miami thing because you know. Artists love to talk about like that, but uh, so I it. think I, here's my philosophy on Miami. I think um, I think Miami's shrugging off its uh, its former identity, which was like Miami Vice, like Cocaine City. Yes, or something. cocaine, lots and lots of yeah, cocaine, right? And mountains and of cocaine. It's been like that since the '70s and '80s <laughs> and in like '90s too. But I feel like people are tired of that image, right? Especially in Miami. I think like you know, every time you know, I'll go abroad somewhere and I would say I'm from Miami, and it's like, oh, so it's like you must be like getting shot at all the time or something, right? I'm like, not, not really. It's pretty, it's pretty. Well, nice. when you're not doing cocaine, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Right. As long as you're, you know, just stay on cocaine the entire time, and you're fine. No, um, <laughs> dodge the bullets. Yeah. <laughs> You see them coming. Um, so I think this is, this is, I don't know if I'm right or not, but I think that people are tired of that. I think uh, it's, there's a bit of like a weird, you know, kind of upwelling or like turmoil, like a shift in identity that mind. But it's like almost like a teenager not knowing what it wants to be known for next. You know, I feel like all these other big cities have, they're known for something, you know, like, I mean, I, I know they're, it, they've been known for like that. For, for their, you know, Nashville being the country music mecca or whatever in New York, sure. with the, just New York, I mean, and, but, um, 
I don't know. I think I think Miami's looking for its next direction, and there's almost like a void now where the identity was. And I think that there's people that want to see it pushed in like a community way, you know, and community direction. Kind of like Wynwood is this, um, not the high rise, you know, not the high rises of, of downtown, but it's more like this. I don't know, kind of a, a cool little artsy, like maybe even like family spot that uh, yeah, thing for community. Anyway, so what I'm saying is, um, there's a lot of people that are wanting to push Miami in that direction because it's a void. And I've managed to meet a bunch of them, and we all have the same vision in mind, and so we just love working with each other. Like, and and it's been awesome. I mean, there's, you know, there's event hosting, you know, companies that are great that they want to do those events, and then there's these venues like the Wynwood Yard where we had our release set, which wants to have those community events, and we're all like, hey, like when I had our first show at the Wynwood Yard, I I didn't know if they liked us or not, and the owner came up to me and she was like like we've been waiting for your kind of music for our, our venue. And I'm like, I've been waiting for your kind of venue for our music. And it just felt like this <laughs> amazing, like, yes, you know, we're, this is what we're both, we're both going in the same direction and we want to see this. So we'll, let's make it happen anyway. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it feels better to be part of something that that isn't necessarily branded as, you know, a certain city yet. You know, well, I mean, as somebody who's lived in this city my whole life, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear that, that that's kind of what's happening Me in this too. community. Cause yeah. Well, I mean, I, I enjoy this kind of music and I love seeing a new scene emerge. That's always awesome. Uh, you released your first EP, Maps and Plans, in a unique way. Rather than just doing it as a conventional release, you put it out on the platform Noise Trade. We've actually talked about this platform before on the show and have even had Noise Trade CEO Derek Webb on a couple months ago. Um, can you tell people how Noise Trade differs from just a conventional music release like iTunes or something like yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. First of all, it's awesome. I, I listened to that episode and it was great. Yeah, Derek Webb is amazing. Um, yeah. He had so much awesome things to say. Uh, so yeah, Noise Trade was different. It's uh, You guys talked about it on the show. It's basically, first of all, I, I heard about Noise Trade as in my college you know, dorm when I was back when I was still pursuing physics. I'm like, oh, this is a great way to find new music. So that was my only relation to it. Little did I know, like in a few years... You know, I would be on there, but um, so we released it. You know, we had this five-song EP, and honestly, uh, you know, I no big PR push or anything like that. We're just like, let's just. It was almost like a way just to help start the career. You know, it's with I think with uh with music these days, it's harder if you don't have some recorded music that venues can see and stuff. Mm-hmm. We put it on there. Um, Noise Trade is basically a platform where it's it lets you just basically give your music away for free. And I heard you know Derek Webb talking about it, where instead of giving it away for money. You give it away basically for data on your on your fans. You have people download; they, they're prompted to download it, and in exchange, they give their email and zip code, which is honestly exactly what musicians need. Data, yeah, yeah. Like with your email and zip code, what I, what I did, you know, I, I and they, they give it to you in this um this spreadsheet. So basically, you know where all your fans. Well, you you get a spreadsheet of all your fans that downloaded it, and you can, you know arrange it by zip code and you can search it by zip code or whatever so you can you can send out targeted emails hey minnesota whatever i'm i'm gonna be there in two weeks you know to the the 40 people that downloaded your your album in mm-hmm. minnesota that's 40 people that you know have heard your music in that city that you never have known and you can contact them directly which is so i think he was telling his story about how um he he was trying to before like the whole idea for noise show he was trying to you know play shows and then he, he suddenly got emails and, and zip codes and he found he had a bunch of people in LA or something that yeah. that downloaded his stuff and he's like just book the smallest venue in LA that just get me out there and see what happens and it was like lying out the door you know, yeah. because, and he didn't know because he didn't have the data for his so yeah and I know this, he already said this way better than I did so I don't know why I'm going so far into it but um, yeah basically Noise Trade just lets you put it out for free using music rather than as a profit gain it's a way to connect with your fans for future releases and stuff and um, 
so I put it on there and uh, uh, they, you know, Noestro was really awesome where, um, you know, we, we kind of got in our own genre. We reached like the top 10 or something and then they it drew their attention and like, hey, we'd like to put you on our, our email, you know, on our weekly yeah. features. And so we put it on there and that was when it actually took off a lot. Honestly, I have to say, like, if it wasn't for Noise Trade, that EP would have gone into the night just kind of probably, you know, just without much of a sparkle at all. And, um, but instead it got featured there and then a bunch of these other companies, you know, like Audio Socket, um, who's, who's like, they were the licensing mm-hmm. company and these other, you know, featuring companies, they saw it. And then once that happened, it was like almost this little ripple effect where other, you know, and, and it ended up with us getting over a thousand downloads and stuff, which is, which is great for your first, you know, album released into the night, not knowing what would happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you, you got a lot of opportunities out of, you know, giving away your EP for free on noise trade. And, and so it leads me to ask you the same sort of philosophical question that I asked mm-hmm. Derek Webb, which yeah. is, um, do you think the nature of music content is changing? Cause when I was in high school, it was, and you know, I'm, I, you're, I'm not much older than you are, but when I was in high school, the only way you could get music was, you know, going to a music, you know, a record store or, or you could just start getting music on iTunes but either way music was a product in itself it's something you bought at a store and now with platforms like noise trade it seems like music is becoming less an actual product and more of a marketing tool or a loss leader mm-hmm. to drive fans to other things to to engage them more with you so that you can get them to go to your live shows and things like that um do you think that change is happening absolutely i think it's it's really becoming more you know, evident every day. I think it was the internet kind of changed it. The internet kind of brought down the old industry as we knew it. You know, yeah. you say that the only way in high school you can get music was to buy it and download it. But we all know that the way most of probably people got music in high school, whether they want to say it or not, was downloading illegally, <laughs> you know. Skip the first step of buying it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Finding on, you know, what was it, Napster in the beginning or something and mm-hmm. then, or torrenting. And so, and that was happening. And, and, you know, the smart people in an industry know what's happening and they know what they got to do. And it was like, okay, well, people might be downloading this for free and even though it's illegal it's still happening rampantly right and at least i can get something out of it you know at least i can give it to them directly and they can get to know them so i think that being said i I think that you know you should buy your music if you really like them but uh you like Derek Webb brought up a great point i actually didn't realize he used the same word i did i don't know how much of my philosophy i got out of him but he used the word super fan and um yeah I, I'm trying to find a better word for that. When he used the word tribe, which I liked a lot. Um, <laughs> he loves that word. Yeah, it's a great word. You know, it's got the right community aspect to it. But um, really, so all I can, all you, all you can know is how, like, all I know is how I interact with my favorite musicians, right? And I have a few musicians who I really live and die by, you know, that I've been with for years and they've influenced my life and I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it without them. And I just want them to succeed so badly. I will pay them money for nothing. You know, I'll just give them money. Sure. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> Please. Like I had um, one of the guys is Josh Garrels, who's actually really close with Noise Trade, too. Um, and he just on one of his latest albums, he was like, I'm going to I'm sitting down to start recording this album. Um, this might be, you know, I'm trying to have this be the first album without going into debt I've ever made. Uh, but I'm hoping if you can give me some money up front instead. And, you know, and then I'll, I'll, you know, so I know kind of what the budget is. And I'm like, yeah, here, here's a hundred bucks. You know, like I just I, I, I don't even think about that because I want them to make it so badly. So I think that um. I know I'm going through a lot right now. I'm kind of a little bit uh, unfocused here, but I'm just no, firing. I had, I had like a huge cup of coffee before coming, so I'm like, <laughs> when I, I I shouldn't do that, but it's either, you know, I stay. I'm like a little tired, but on point, or I, I just start gushing. No, all kinds of things. this is this is great. I, I kind of just want to step away from the mic and let yeah, you just come back and on the changing. You know? Yeah, I'll go in there. I'll grab some dinner with <laughs> yeah, my wife, and 
and you know we'll see how how you're going with your yeah. discussion of changes in the music you come industry back next morning or something but um so yeah i'll try to, i'll try to <laughs> consolidate it um basically i think we've i think my business plan is is the same thing that derek was saying which is i don't need to be famous you know i'm not looking to be famous and honestly i probably wouldn't really want to be super famous i think that seems really stressful and you know i just want to go out and get some noodles or something and not be stopped but um <laughs> but you really don't need that many dedicated fans to sustain you right and and it's you know he said a thousand people right thousand people uh giving a hundred dollars and you basically right. have a nice lifestyle right exactly now. and you know maybe in like i you know two thousand people with fifty dollars i mean you know or or ten thousand people that'll buy your album when you release it in a mm -hmm. year and you have enough to sustain you so i i, I so how do you make a super fan, right? How do you make someone that really cares? How, how do I get someone to love my music and my message as much as I do the, the musicians I respect so much? And I think it's about being vulnerable and being accessible and approachable. And I think that's, so a noise trade is the, the foot in the door, like we're saying, give the music away free and then you, but then you need to capitalize on it and know how use to use the data and use the data and, and just, you know, try to invite, try to have a message, try to have like an, and so I, the, the way I realized Every step of the way in my career so far, basically, I choose whatever is the most um, genuine, right? The most open and genuine, rather than whenever I have a choice of anything, what's the most genuine way to go about it, right? Like, what's where? How can I get the walls to come down? And I, like, and so that way, maybe that would you know promote more people to hopefully take in the message and and let me like you know let a I don't know what the right way to say it is, but kind of just grow together, you know? Yeah. Like my favorite musicians, I've grown with them, and I've seen how they've grown. And honestly, I just uh. This is a weird, this is another coffee-inspired uh, <laughs> fact. But I just, for instance, one of my favorite bands is Thrice. Um, and they just uh, released an album after coming out of this, like, hiatus. And the album title was uh, To Be Everywhere, To Be Nowhere. And he revealed that, like, that album is from this uh, stoic philosopher, Seneca, who mm -hmm. I've been reading for the last two months. And I'm like, what? And, like, it's just crazy to see that, you know, I, I must have been influenced by him he didn't tell me to go read Seneca, but I'm sure that his somehow his thinking has influenced influenced me so much that I read that, and I, I guess he was doing the same thing. And so, anyway, all right. So that was that. I go. I went on another little side path again. <laughs> I like that coffee inspired. I I kind of want to create a sister podcast for this network. We'll call it Coffee Inspired Rants. Yeah, uh, with oh. Keith Johns. Oh, let's do it. We'll That's get you bad. just super hopped up on it, like one yeah. or two Starbucks ventis, and just I'll hit record and oh, yeah. walk out. Dude, and, two. Oh, it takes me like one tall one. i've been able to keep my coffee addiction like you know you have one and that's it but if i had two ventis i don't even want to know well what that's what, that's what i'm saying like i want to maximize oh. this like i want to get you completely tweaked out i don't even think it'd be english at that point it would just be i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't even oh know. that that sounds like even better podcasting to me so yeah um i want to let the listeners in on sort of the fruits of your labors because of what you were able to do with your EP on noise trade and everything that's come of that. You are now in a position where you're putting out a full length album. Oh, I'm so excited. And, uh, the title of this album, if I can find it on my screen here, help me out. Cause I can't grateful fool. There, there you is. go. You got it, man. I, sorry. My notes went everywhere. They're oh, grateful right. fool. Um, and the first single off that is doomed free, which you have been nice enough to uh, let us play here on the podcast. Oh, yeah, and I'll so, just borrow it for a little bit. <laughs> oh, much appreciated. So we're going to play that right now for everybody. All right.
Off of his upcoming album, Grateful Fool, that was doomed free by Keith Johns here on the Break the Business Podcast. Thank you so much for uh, letting us play that song, Keith. That's great. Of course. Yeah, thanks for playing, and I hope uh, hope everyone enjoyed it. Oh, I hope so, too. And so when in 2016 are we going to be graced with this album's presence? Yeah. Uh, October. Yeah, we're going for a fall release, you know, keep it folksy. 
Oh, very exciting. Um, if people want to find you online, where can they go? Uh, the best thing would be the website. Yeah, honestly, you can just Google Keith Johns in Google. <laughs> Redundant. but uh, Or you can go to uh, keithjohns.co. Um, or you can find me on Facebook, Keith Johns Music, Twitter, Keith Johns Music. Uh, .co. You, you couldn't get the .com there? What oh, happened? Oh, man. That's a, that's a continuing uh, terrible story. But yeah, um, turns out keithjohns.com is taken uh, by a lovely... A man in the UK who hasn't updated it in probably 20 years. Oh no! Um, and I've I tried to you know nicely asking if I could have it, but uh, didn't work out. So uh, so he's got it. Um, but whatever. It's it's. Um, hey, <laughs> I don't know what to say. You never know. He might make something really special happen with that any day now. He's probably just been on the back end, you know, just really updating the site. Yeah. He hasn't published yet, but he's been putting like a great oh, amount. When, of, he probably, when it you know, drops, yeah. it's gonna blow our minds, and and you're gonna and you're gonna be like, oh, now I see yeah, why he didn't sell uh, it to me. It makes perfect sense. Genius is realized. Yeah, <laughs> All right, Keith, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Ryan. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Keith Johns for joining us in the studio in our previous segment. You can check him out at keithjohns.co, not .com. Uh, or let's all like get some campaign going to that other Keith Johns who has so evilly taken away that man's... Uh, M's are for bitches. <laughs> ...website from him. Wow, so much for being able to introduce you guys. Joining me here now, um, two of my dearest friends who are... Joining me here in the third block because uh, Dave is you know eating poutine right now in Canada um, is Evan and Elisa, my dear friends from the Honey Playlist podcast. Hi guys, how are you I think doing? This is, this is my fourth show. What? Yeah, this is my fourth break the business. Look at you just racking it up. Yeah, the business is wrecked. Is it Ow. your fourth, really? Or third? You're gonna be like the Alec Baldwin slash John Goodman. I'll of... be the Phil Hartman of this shit. Oh, yes. that's kind of not great. Well, don't stab me in the heart with a knife. <laughs> oh, so, you can find it all at the Honey Playlist. Uh, so, I don't even think I need to talk. I'll just let you guys sort of banter about. <laughs> now, um, you guys are the hosts of the Honey Playlist podcast, uh, which, which carries the distinction of being the only account that the Break the Business podcast follows on SoundCloud. <laughs> Um, that's it. You guys are the only one. We don't even follow other music podcasts, just Honey Playlist. Um, uh, what else do you mean? Why, why not tell people a little bit about your show? We're old married people. Yep. And it's funny, when we started doing this podcast, because we sit, we like podcasting, and we also sit in a, in a room next to each other for most nights. Um, so it's fun to, like, instead of just have conversations, to have them on microphones. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a different perspective from two people that are Growing old together, slowly, Aww. Um, Aww. slowly. And, and, and still finding fun things to do and talk about, you know. Yeah. That's my vibe. The Honey Playlist is your co-op guide to life. Um, every show, we will give you something old, a little something new, a little something borrowed. And something food. And something food. Yes. Um, and you guys are funny. You talk about music, video games, and the production elements on your podcast are something special. Really? Um, well, in the sense that our theme song is like some stock 
music, yes. public yes. domain, we, we like wrote and pile record of our own theme song uh, yes. and all of our drops. Well, some of our drops. Yes. Yeah. You right. You made your own theme song and it's beautiful. Like it's oh. it's a, it's a work of art. Uh, how long did that take you? That theme song. Oh, that was an afternoon. Uh, three hours, maybe. Yeah. Wow. It's modeled after was it Les Paul and uh, Mary Ford. It? And Mary Ford. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it has like a nice, like fun little walking guitar line on it, and it's it's yeah. neat. Yeah, um, I played all the guitar and the bass and the percussion on it, but oh no, the the snare drum I, I sampled. I sampled. No, <laughs> like Kanye, I sampled. So, it. <laughs> so I have uh, you well, guys yeah. here for two reasons. One, uh, making content is hard, and so I have you guys here for that. Yeah, yeah. And two, when I was listening to your podcast uh, this past week, uh, Honey Playlist on SoundCloud. Uh, you guys and actually, on and on so, oh, no kidding. Yes. Yeah, don't, yeah. And you guys actually did a segment that made me think of my own podcast because it's sort of indirectly something that is important for indie artists, but yeah. is also yeah. sort of funny. So, uh, yeah. you know, I was just wondering if we could just sort of recycle your segment onto my show because that's easier than me thinking of original stuff. So, so he is doing a something borrowed on his podcast. Oh, you're borrowing our <laughs> exactly. Which is funny because we see. actually we called it a something borrowed because we borrowed it from um, Tumblr. So this you're is right. <laughs> so it's just secular. All right. So there's a Tumblr page. We're, okay, we're we're stalling. There's a Tumblr page called <laughs> Why I Deleted Your Promo Email. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so if you we we I'm an artist. Elise is an artist. We've been in bands together. We're still in a band. Um, we've written the club and asked them for gigs. We've written people we want, we want management well, whatever here's our bio here's our press kit and inside that you have to be careful about the things you say yeah because some of them are great and you need to tell a very compelling story about yourself ryan you've talked about this shit on your show all the time yep welcome to explicit land um <laughs> but there are some things that you can say that are just too weird too highfalutin some people just close the book uh, yeah and that's what this tumblr is all about yep so if you, if you have a bad start to your promo email the whether it's Not a booking agent a start, it could be anywhere. It, oh, anywhere yeah, in there. It's, it's but. sort of like this is the 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 kind of tagline for this is this is the line that made me delete your band's promo. Ah, there you go. And so this is the kind of line that whether it's a booking agent or a manager or you know somebody in the music industry can help you move your career forward. If you have these sort of silly, obnoxious, douchey kind of phrases. Uh. Some of them are douchey. And and so as much as I think it's going to be funny to hear some of these, it's going to be informative as well because I mem- yes. imagine a lot of artists are going to go back to their promo emails and be like, oh, God, I have something that sounds like that. And and we've, I'm sure, been guilty of that before. Oh, I was the, I was a 15-year-old, you the, know, trying to be like... The first time we 80. shopped Elisa Melinda's band. Oh, God. Um, that's what we called it before we called it Crimson. So um, cringeworthy. Yeah. So the, the, we were talking to the first lawyer we ever talked to, and we handed him our press kit, and he looked at our bio, and he's like, I see all this stuff about how your dad listens to Broadway, and, you're, and they're all Puerto Rican, but that's not interesting at all. So mm-hmm. find something interesting about yourself. Don't make it up, but there's something interesting about yourself, and don't just talk about your parents. Find right. that hook. Find, find, there's a hook there. There is a hook. You might have to look real hard to find it, but yep. find that hook. And if you don't have a hook, then don't talk about your past. Who gives a shit? Right. <laughs> That's it. Talk about your music. And don't uh, describe yourself uh, as a Tinder-inspired indie band. What? That's on this list. <laughs> is that from this website? That is from this website. <laughs> a Tinder-inspired indie band. <laughs> 
we're gonna scroll through a bunch of these, and, and we're gonna we're gonna make you. You're gonna have to tell us which are the best. Swipe okay, so right. just the ones that make me laugh the most. Just bad promo yes. email lines. <laughs> I wonder what what makes your band Tinder inspired. Um, I don't know. Maybe there is there is some swiping involved. <laughs> um, I, d- I have no idea. Oh. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, quite simply. The copyright symbol. Really? Like it doesn't just, say just the copyright like symbol. Trademark symbol. Oh, the too. trademark some symbol. Some sort of some sort of trademark symbol. Which and there's no context for any of these on the Tumblr, but that means that you have either put the trademark symbol on your band's name or on some sort of genre that you're trying to coin. Oh. Which either way is just not just not, not cute. Just not cute. <laughs> oh god this is there, there's some really good ones all right so moving back to that history tip that you don't want to tell people mm. when i moved back home with my parents i started making electronic music oh that's, boy. It. that's it that's it, it. <laughs> that's boy. when i'm closing your promo email <laughs> oh boy um there's so much sadness in that sentence well it gets worse We've basically sampled our own work as we felt it was too advanced for the past, but more in tune with the now. <laughs> I mean, that kind of hurts, right? I mean... I feel kind of bad because you have a lot of listeners, and if one of them wrote one of these, we're not laughing that, at oh, you. That's true. We're, we're laughing. We're, we're, we're crying we're, with you. We're kind of laughing at you. A little bit. Mm, violin, saxophone, fatigued vocals, and a small hand drum. Fatigued vocals. Don't ever refer to your <laughs> vocals as fatigue. I was about to say that's you know there are certain adjectives you don't want to put with your band of uh, you know chronically tired. <laughs> Not one of them. Uh, like were they trying for? Is, did, does it sound like they were almost trying for another adjective, but they just picked the wrong one? Like did they mention like raspy vocals? Well, maybe it was fatigued. a uh, maybe it was like an autocorrect thing. What? Wow, you imagine? So, please, somebody proofread. Your emails before you send them out. Fatigued. Fatigued vocals. What are you doing? Got another one. It has matured into what can only be described as a throwback to pure authentic rock. Oh. Oh boy. It's mm. it's in fact so pure and authentic that they needed two words that mean exactly the same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> to describe. I get it. You this want a thesaurus, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like it's like oh man oh. Oh, this is pure rock. Well, I mean, I guess that's oh, pure and authentic. Well, well, let's get these guys in our club right now. Yes. Please Let- take a listen to the record at the link below. As a warning, it is obviously not safe for young kids or uptight workplaces. I lost count, but there's north of 50 F-bombs in the first song. Relax, have fun, and rock out. Oh, boy. In the first look, if you, in the first song. Dude, okay, look, if your song is fuck, 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 <laughs> here's your explicit tag, Ryan. Yeah. Thanks um, for that. One, know who you're sending it to. You could believe me. That'll be interesting. Know who you're sending it to, <laughs> to the point that you probably, if if you're comfortable sending this song to somebody, you should know that they're not going to care that you dropped 50 F-bombs in the first song. How about that? <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of F-bombs. Uh, uh, <laughs> the thought that they mash together rock, electro, goth, drum and bass, punk, and EDM into a unique genre that is remotely listenable seems somewhat preposterous. What was one of those? What, drum and bass? Rock? Oh, drum and bass. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the whole thing? Yeah, just just that they mash together all these things. It seems preposterous. And then, well, okay, that's because it is deleted. That, 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 that sounds tremendously preposterous. 
Oh, God. The 3D imagery used on our album explores the need to see things from different perspectives and how perceptions change through different lenses. It also speaks to the fullness of and many dimensions of our music. Did somebody just, like, copy-paste their, like, music appreciation, like, thesis into the thing? Dude, just get your get yourself out of your own ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I've already met that musician Ooh. about a hundred times. <laughs> And I don't want to be friends with that person. Like any, I mean, our music's deep. The person who constructs that sentence is not somebody I want to know. Come buy our full-length album. We're not selling downloads because on the download, we can't give you the two-page fold-out magic eye image that you have to see to appreciate our art. Uh, all right. This, this hits a little close to home. Yeah. Uh-oh. Do, you, do you see yourself in this one? Maybe. <laughs> just Well, just a little bit because I wasn't a 90s cover band. Eight original songs, in addition to a cover of Blind Melon's 90s hit, No Rain. Oh, I, I don't fault that. <laughs> Are you sending that along I'm, with your press kit? I am marking that. I am marking that email as unread so I can read it later. I want to I want to know about this band. God. Would you want to know about a self-described multi-genre singer-songwriter? Oh. Yeah. There's a lot of high Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait. Let me I need to break this down. The term, the word "self-described" is uh -huh. in the description. Yes, but you're the one writing your bio, right? <laughs> by by definition, everything in your bio is self-described. Yes, yep. <laughs> like when others describe you as what? Features hula hooping phenom. Click. That's that. <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's it. At that point. They they just deleted. Why are we, why, why, are we not describing your music and we're describing your hula hooping? I Could mean, make for a cool live really show. I mean, wow, is it a flaming hula hoop? It's a band's promo email. Then you're probably not going to do too well. If nice. this is a circus event, then yeah, yeah. Then how about uh, rap rock feel? No. <laughs> No, that, rap that one's not fair. Rock, rap dash rock. It's a rap rock feel. Oh. I don't know what that wow. feels like because you can you can rap uh, over any rock. Okay. Good. Or how about Lordy. this? Just at atmospheric rock, but atmospheric is spelled incorrectly. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, general thing. Do not have misspellings that's in your promo email. An extra p in there. That's not. I mean. This is your first line of communication to people who can move your career forward. If you can't take the time to make sure that everything's spell checked, that's and also don't describe anything about your work as atmospheric. Sorry, this really paints a picture. The musician reluctantly handed him the mic. He smiled, began his count one, two, three, and then launched into a blazing rendition of Lenny Kravitz's version of the rock classic. American woman. Jesus. He brought down the house. <laughs> One patron shook his head, commenting, Now I've seen it all. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? No. I get it. You're uh, 16 and your mom wrote your bio. Dang. And your dad was the one who said he's seen it all. <laughs> now I've seen it all. Oh what? Well, I mean, first of all, like, that person knows that somebody before Lenny Kravitz did American woman. Yeah. I mean, I assume because uh, it's because that Lenny Kravitz's oh. version of the rock oh, classic I, American Woman is so specified. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Because I, I thought he just said Lenny Kravitz's American Woman, but no, no, no. Oh. 
You imagine? But it's just so funny because it's like the way that that sentence is like the buildup for that sentence, like all the you know, one, two, three. Like I'm waiting for like the song title to be something spectacular, like build up, build up, crescendo, crescendo, one, two, three, mediocre cover song. It's like, oh, yep. Or, or actually worse, mediocre cover of a cover song. Uh, or because it's, yeah, it's somebody covering. Yeah, 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 you're yeah, right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, you're yeah, right, just, you're right. Wow. Nope. Yeah. The, just the songs on this record are not offered as suggestions or wisdom, but as replacement windows of differing sizes and opacities. Opacities? Opacities. Opacities. Are you fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? What are we doing? Let me get that one one more time. The songs on this record are not offered as suggestions or wisdom, okay. but as replacement windows of differing sizes and, and opacities. opacities. Oh, man. What? Oh. What? I like this song, but it's a little wider than the last one. <laughs> and it blocks more UV? I know. Is that possible? I mean... I guess some blackout curtains for these replacement windows. <laughs> Damn. Sheesh. Like, are these storm musical windows? Like, can I get insurance breaks if I listen to this? It's or? the shutter that band. That's right. Or, or might, I'm going to have to cover these musical windows in plywood, you know, come hurricane season. A timely single, inspired by one of the wildest news events in years, the hacking of notorious dating site Ashley Madison. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? You wrote a song about that? I t okay. The same as the person that apparently wrote a song about the relationship between Lenny Gravitz and Lisa Bonet. We, <laughs> we seem to have we seem to have a theme running here. Yeah, kind of. Do you think it's the same artist that Lisa, Lenny Kravitz, Lisa Bonet, and the American Woman? Like that dude's just super into Lenny. Yeah. I mean, I'm super into Lenny, but I ain't putting that in my bio. No, <laughs> no. no. Iconic relationship though. It's good. It's good material, but no. How about the score to an upcoming documentary about competitive gaming? Oh well, man, mm, I'm yeah. I like gaming, mm, but I guarantee you, this is a dubstep ass record. Dang! <laughs> Some somebody made this on their laptop for sure. Does it include <laughs> actual dolphin calls and splashing water samples are used throughout the track? <laughs> that is that is something to point out. Sure. Dolphin. Actual dolphin calls. How do you, ones. Like you get them in the studio to like lay down the track or <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was a little pitchy. Yeah, a little pitchy. Yeah. A little pitchy. Could we could we just try that again? I wasn't really feeling it that time. Actual dolphin calls <laughs> and splashing water samples. I just picture somebody holding a microphone to them while they're in the pool and they're just 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 smacking the water a bunch. Splashing water samples. You already record Real that ones. stuff, right? Mm. Ryan, whenever you take your podcast underwater, yeah. you wrap your microphones in condoms. Really? What? Yeah. Absolutely. Wait, really? Yeah, it works. Absolutely. Wait, wait, oh, oh, that's like a legit that's, tip. That's a legit thing that you do. Wow. I'll remember that next time I do a podcast underwater. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Huh. The remember more that? you know. This song is in conjunction with the new Axe Black campaign. Now, that's funny because there was mm. a song that Axe used to use called Look Good in Leather, which is by Cody Chestnut. Oh, my God, yes. And we used to play in a cover band that used to get paid by Axe to cover that song as a part of our set. That's right. So we would get, the band would get paid a certain dollar figure every time we played it. So Did we ever see any of that money? I, I did. <laughs> I don't know if you did. <laughs> I played tambourine on that shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Cody Chestnut great. actually is awesome. But that, that's an interesting way, that, that, uh, a, a way for bands to make some money. 
Yeah. Even if it's just a cover band. Yeah, that was of, just a cover. Kind of a random revenue stream. Does I wonder if Axe still does that a lot. I don't, I don't know. No. Maybe, you know, hey, you know what today is? What's today? You know what today is? What's today? Today is the day you've been waiting for your entire life. Oh. The no. release of... Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Deleted. Like, y'all, you are... You are Nobody, nobody is ever that cute. <laughs> Not even Beyonce, because Beyonce is like, you haven't been waiting for shit. Pow, album. Yeah. So, no, no, that's not cute. That's not that's cute not, at all. I mean, it's almost like some of these promo emails, like, you're almost, like, the people writing them don't, it's almost like they don't imagine that somebody's actually going to read this, like a human being with, you know, feelings and, you know, pa- when, and less patience is actually going to be viewing Way this. Way less patience. Yeah. So much. Oh, and just, oh, my God. Like, if you're going to write a promo email, maybe, like, run it by some people that are not your parents or not your bandmates. Just, you know, third-party observers who can Stop give you... Yeah. yeah. Or send it to breakthebusiness at gmail.com. Well... I don't oh want to have to read this crap. I'll delete it. <laughs> ah. Ryan will provide all the free advice. Yep. That's right. That's not true. Yeah. I won't uh, delete it but, uh, just because I care about artists, but I will probably write you a terse email saying that that sucks. Um, all right, so we, we got we got a couple minutes left. I want to see if you can you know give me one that's really gonna make me laugh okay, my okay, ass off. Okay. <laughs> Blink one eighty two's Travis Barker. What? <laughs> that's where somebody decided that's, they had to close that's the fucked up. That's, that's kind of funny. <laughs> now I have one for you. Okay. Oh. I have I have you know what? Do yours first. Okay. Oh. Ready? You know, yeah, let's let's make Ready? this thing. So you each got one, right? I got right, one. Yeah. I think this is the winner. Let, let's oh. see who's going to win between these last two. All right, Evan, go first. He's a white boy in a backward snapback with fake emoji neck tattoos. Wow. Wow. You're bringing it. Super deep. That. I brought it. You know what's even better? I done brought it. You know what's even better? Okay. When the tracks sound as if they were written and recorded together and the album flows from beginning to end. <laughs> That's that good shit. That's that good snap, shit. Snap, snap, snap. Wow. That's that shit. Yeah. That's some good shit so, right there. Lesson, if your band's promo email sounds anything like any of those, uh, start from a blank sheet of paper, please. Oh, God. Oh, God. And it just yeah. keeps going. I don't, I don't quit. So what, what's the name of this website again so we can give this person some pub? Whoever. Why I deleted your promo email dot Tumblr dot com. That's pretty glorious. And uh, where can people find your podcast again before we let you go? Uh, well, you can email us at honeyplaylist at gmail.com, but it's on iTunes at the Honey Playlist. Yeah. As the Honey Playlist. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at the Big Tasty. You can follow me on the Twitters at Elisa Rockdoc. Very cool. Thank you guys so much for helping me out here in this last segment. Love and, you, Ryan. Oh, love you too. And we'll see you all next week on the Break the Business podcast. Mm-hmm.